0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Firms Consulting Podcast. Today, I'm not going to talk about one of my clients. I'm going to talk about um, a coaching session between Kevin. Coin the you know ex-McKinsey worldwide strategy leader, and one of his clients, right, a firm's consi- consulting client that he is uh, mentoring. So um, the client's name is Felix, and um, she is she has given us permission to discuss her experiences. Obviously, we will, as always, not disclose our identity. So let's just call her Felix here, right? Now, personally, I like Felix. I mean, I think she is really one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life really pleasant to talk to i have nothing negative to say about felix let's put it that way i only have positive things to say about felix and i must say felix is one of those candidates that when i know she wants to speak to me i look forward to the call and i'm there on time because you know she's just a nice person she's smart it's, it's great to see i think the youth today that are idealistic because i think she's idealistic she has high values which you know fits into firms consulting she is very smart g- great you know respect for for uh, you know uh, professionalism strong ethics uh, ambitious I, I like felix felix is a star and felix was working with kevin towards the end of her training and I was listening into their call because I, you know, some, I always observe uh, how the coaching sessions are going with you know, uh, different candidates just to see uh, what's happening. And, and I was observing a case that Kevin and Felix were doing. So the case was that uh, Kevin had given Felix a case where he was talking about a um, paper shredding company. You know, This paper shredding company is in a growing market, right? And the market's growing, but the company's share of the market is dropping. So in a growing market, the company's market share is dropping, and the company had raised prices recently. And the other thing Kevin pointed out to Felix is that the way this company worked is they had these, these roots, where they, they drove their trucks along these routes and they picked up paper to be shredded and these routes are fixed. They cannot change it. It's not like they can get up in the morning one day and say, oh, I don't want to go down this route because only two clients called in for a pickup out of 10, so it's not you know, efficient for us to do it. They have to go along with it. So Kevin gave Felix that information and he pointed out to Felix and he said, well, Felix, I want you to infer what you can from the information I've given you and I want you to point out the most important area for analysis. Now, what did Felix do, right? What Felix did is she went ahead and generated her structure to analyze the case. She then picked the areas of her structure she wants to analyze and she presented it to Kevin. Now, I think Kevin was, you know, he's a nice guy. He was, you know, quite polite in the way he was managing all of this. And the question is, did Felix do the right thing by presenting a structure? Assume her structure was correct. The question is, did she do the right thing? Now, I'm going to point out a very dirty secret that you know, most people don't know. There are two kinds of McKinsey cases, as there are two kinds of BCG cases. One kind, which is ridiculously popular, and I'd say 60% of all candidates face these cases, do not involve structures to be solved. I mean, you cannot solve it with a framework. This is such a case. If you want, go back and listen to the case facts that I gave you. Now, how would you solve this case? Well, before I tell you that, let me explain to you the different kinds of uh, McKinsey cases that you need to be aware of during your preparation, and this applies to BCG as well, right? So, I'll talk from the BCG perspective, and, and I'll, you know, Kevin was doing the McKinsey perspective. But the point is this: um, McKinsey has two kinds of full cases. The one is these broad issue cases. You know, there's, there's, there's something happening in a sector. Uh, tell us what we need to do to fix it. In those kind of cases where it's so broad and the solution and the problem is not clear, you have to generate a framework to guide your thinking. Right? Such a case would be something like, um, you know, there's a company that is facing a uh, drop in sales due to the arrival of new competitors. The client wants you to help them think through how they need to respond. That's a broad case, right? This case is what I call a specific case. Now, how do you know it's a specific case? There are characteristics of specific cases. One, a lot of information is given to you that is very, very detailed. The market's growing. The company raised prices. They are losing their volume share. They need to maintain their root structure. Now, when such, so much amount of information is given to you, it, it alludes to the fact that this is a case where you have to use logic to solve the case structure. If you present a structure, you're going to annoy the interviewer. I'll tell you that right now. It's not as if that there's, a stru- there's no structure to solve this case. Now, there's another clue here to determine that this is a structure requiring a logic. The first clue is that, l- listen to what Kevin told Felix. He said, Felix, I want you to infer what is happening. And tell me the most important thing they need to examine. He said infer what is happening. The definition of, infer- of, of inference is you got to look at the facts presented and explain, in layman's terms, what you think is happening. Right? Now what Felix did is she went ahead and said, well, Kevin, um, these are the facts you told me. And of the six facts or whatever it is, I think these two facts are most important. That's not inferring anything. She was just prioritizing the facts given to her. Kevin didn't say prioritize the facts given to me, given that I gave you. He said infer what is happening from all of the facts given. So the way to handle this case is, let me explain to you how to do it. The way to do it is say, well, we know it's a growing, well, just one other piece of information Kevin provided. He mentioned that the the margins are also dropping, right? He said margin is calculated by revenue divided by, uh, sorry, profit divided by revenue, right? Now, the way to inf- the way to to work through this is is very simple. The way Felix should have done this, and the way to tackle these very unusual McKinsey cases, whereby you need to infer what is happening, and you cannot, you know, simply go out there and um, present a structure. The right way to do this is to say the following. Okay, Kevin. Um, we see it's a shrink. We, we see the market's growing, and the company's market share is shrinking. So the company must have done something to cause its margins and market share to shrink, right? So what could it have done? Okay, you told me that they've raised prices, right? And you told me their margins are also dropping. Now, according to your definition of margins, it's uh, um, it's you know uh, profit divided by revenue. So that's profit times volume minus cost so revenue minus cost divided by revenue right that's so if profit is revenue minus cost then the equation can be written or rewritten as as revenue minus cost divided by uh, revenue so that's profit times volume minus cost divided by profit times volume so we know that profits are going margin is going down but we know that price is going up so price is going up right so either volume is going down or costs are going up to cause profits to drop. So it so 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 volume is going down and costs are going up. Okay. We also know that they have a fixed root structure, right? Now, technically, I would assume that you know the the, the fuel costs and the so on would be variable. But according to what you're telling me, if the root structure is fixed, it, it's also a fixed cost. So so my what I can infer from this, Kevin, is that we have we've changed our pricing so for the amount we are charging the customers they are getting less than what our competitors are charging. So basically the value proposition for a dollar we're charging is less than the value proposition what competitors are charging. That's my first inference. The second one is I think that our cost structure may be too high for the volume we have because as you pointed out customers are leaving but we're forced to maintain the cost structure so the efficiency of our cost structure is dropping and in a fixed cost business you've got to drive volume of the fixed costs so that you spread your your you know you're basically spreading your fixed costs over more units so what i would like to then analyze here is looking at what we need to do to win back customers whether that's pricing changing our product mix and so on that's the first thing the second thing i'd look to, to do is Around, around costs, is firstly, i I'd like to increase the volume of our fixed cost base. If that can't be done, then I'd have to look at a way to cut the costs. So those are my hypotheses, um, and we can talk about some of the data we need. Now, do you notice that the difference of the way I did that? There's no structure for this. If you're thinking there's a structure out there, you are kidding yourself. There's no structure for that kind of case. But what you don't want to do is tell Felix, is tell uh, Kevin, you know, this is my, this is my framework. This is what I want to focus on. These are going to be my priority areas because it's not going to work that way, right? It, it's never going to work that way if you actually do it. So when you're sitting down there and practicing cases and you're memorizing frameworks until you know you're blue in the face, you're only memor- you're only preparing yourself for 40% of McKinsey cases and probably 50% of BCG cases. And this is a very important point you have to remember. And it's something that You know, a lot of coaching firms don't want to tell you for cases because it's kind of easy to sell you something to memorize frameworks. It's a lot harder to develop something that teaches you how to think through logically for the second kind of McKinsey case. But be aware of it. It's very common, right? So what you want to do is that the first step is I think you need to be aware of this McKinsey case format. It is very common. And you need to be able to understand that when you hear terms like infer what is the most important thing, you can't develop a structure here, you've got to actually dive into the data presented to you, interpret it, and present what you think is happening, the inferred ideas, and what you think the priority would be, which is your hypotheses. right? But be aware of these kind of cases, they're very common, um, you know, firms consulting does a lot of these kind of cases, at least we've moved in this direction over the last few months, to adjust to the changes that McKinsey is making, but you also need to be aware of this in your own preparation. Right, This is not something whereby you can learn a technique to solve it. There's no technique to solve this. It is looking for the ability for you to understand issues at their root level, the root level, and then apply them to a case. Structure will never work here. Don't even think about looking at a structure. No structure is going to work. Right? Not even brainstorming a structure is going to work here. This is not about structures. This is about solving cases by understanding the logic between the data points presented to you. So the way to solve this case is to take the data points, think about what it's telling you, that's your inferences, present those, and then present your hypotheses. That's the way to tackle this, right? They're very common. Uh, I don't think they are that common at partner level, to be honest, but they're very common um, first-round cases can follow this format, but there are some partners who give them. You know, Kevin's given them, um, and... I also tend to give them, but I, I'm more of a big picture kind of strategy guy. So I tend not to focus. I don't tend to not like cases that call for this logic testing. But the the most important takeaway from this podcast is fully 50 to 60 percent of all McKinsey cases follow this format. And you know, if you go ahead and just memorize frameworks, you're only preparing for 40 percent of cases. So make sure you prepare for all kinds of cases. That's very important. And as always, if you have any comments and so on, I'll be more than happy to to respond to them and help you understand how to handle this new case format well new is a relative term right it's come out about three four years ago but it's you know kind of taken a long time for it to permeate across mckinsey offices across the world